So the glory of God, our working definition on the glory of God has been when the spiritual intersects with the physical. That's where we see the glory of God manifested here on earth. May 25th, 30 AD was the day of Pentecost. We see that recorded in the book of Acts that the disciples and many people were in Jerusalem for this festival. Um, And we saw the spiritual and the physical intersect on the day of Pentecost in 30 AD. And now this isn't an exact date. It's what theologians believe was the date. So the date is a little uncertain. But we see in Acts 2, 5 through 18, The disciples were waiting for the Spirit to come because Jesus had said, the Comforter is going to come and visit you, so wait. Jesus promised that. And when he did, it was incredible. It was an incredible event. For those of you that have read that account, a rushing wind, fire that looked like tongues. And then they actually were speaking in tongues and in other languages. The disciples, both men and women, spilled out into the streets. Jerusalem was full of people. Thousands and thousands of people from faraway places were gathering in Jerusalem for Pentecost. And as the foreigners heard the disciples speaking, they were a little confused as to what was going on. They were like, are these people drunk? What, what's going on? They're speaking in other languages. But Peter got up. And he said, no, these people are not drunk. What you're witnessing is a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy that we find in Joel. And I'm going to read what what Peter said. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young women will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And then basically what Peter went on to do is prophesy and have a great sermon and a great teaching. And when Peter was done, 3,000 people came to believe as Jesus as the Savior. That's basically where Christianity started. And we see that in Acts 241, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, added to the assembly, added to the the body of believers, about 3,000 in all. And so when I read stuff like that in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, I, I think to myself, what if that happened today? What if the Holy Spirit manifested today like the Holy Spirit manifested back then? In that time, people saw the work of the Holy Spirit. They heard the message preached by Peter. And they felt felt the presence. The manifestation is the glory of the Lord. Remember the definition, when the spiritual and the physical intersect, the glory of the Lord is manifested Now, last week we talked about how spiritual gifts are manifestations of the glory of the Lord. And that's basically what this was. This was a gift that was given to Peter through the Holy Spirit to preach a dynamic message so that those that were hearing 
would come to know who Jesus Christ was. The Holy Spirit was using Peter in a spiritual gift of prophecy. Now, I know the word prophecy has a lot of bells and whistles around that word. Because when we hear the word prophecy, we think of a prophet. And when we think of a prophet, we think of the Old Testament. And we think of those that were used as the prophets of old, proclaimed on behalf of God. And most of it was predictive in nature because there was warnings for the nation of Israel. That's how the prophets were used in the Old Testament. But then we get to the New Testament and it changes slightly. It's not necessarily predicting the future. There are other things that prophecy means when we get to the New Testament. But I want to boil this down to a super simple definition. Prophecy is truth-telling. Basically, what you're doing is you're hearing God speak through his Holy Spirit to you, and then you just tell the truth of what God is, is telling you. People who use the gift of prophecy speak truth. Simple as that. Now, once again, people tend to think of prophecy as fortune-telling or foretelling, prediction, predicting the future. It's, it's not. I want to have a little caveat. 99.9% of the time, it's not. But it can be. And I've experienced it in my life a couple times. It's simply speaking God's truth. It's more forth-telling, seeing what God sees, hearing what God hears. It's more forth-telling, and it isn't predicting the future most times. There's an author, Sean Bowles, and he has a quote, and I just quoted part of it now. Seeing what God sees, hearing what God hears, and speaking what God speaks, so that we can all love the way God loves I like that definition of prophecy because I think that's spot on. And we're going to take a look in the New Testament. A couple things that Paul said is going to reinforce this quote. Seeing what God sees, hearing what God hears, and speaking what God speaks so that we can love the way that God loves. The result in 30 AD, 3,000 people were baptized into the faith. An amazing first sermon by Peter. So what would happen today if the glory of the Lord was manifesting among us the way that it did in 30 AD? I like to ask those kind of questions. Could we see thousands of people being baptized into the faith? I believe the answer is yes. And I think if you listen and watch what's happening around the world some of that is taking place now, and it has been for years in Africa and Asia especially. You know, we had a good friend here last week, Andy Rotz, who is the communications director for World Missions for the Assemblies of God, and good friend, Gene and I have known him for 25 some odd years, and he was here talking about some of the amazing things that were happening in Russia because he was a missionary over there to Eastern Europe in Moldova first, then Russia now he interacts with a lot of churches around the world and, and he gave us some really good 
experiences of what he has seen in the last few years around the world. But I believe that's possible to happen here in Great Falls in 2019. I think that's what God wants for us and all the churches here in Great Falls as well. And it can happen when we understand what prophecy is. When we understand how prophecy works, we can see these things happen. So another question I have for each one of us is, what is prophecy for then? Or who is prophecy for? Is it for the super spiritual people? Maybe the super holy people. Or maybe the weird people. If you've been around prophecy in the past in your walk with the Lord, you've probably seen each one of these people represented. But what I'm going to talk to us today is we're going to see that the Apostle Paul has to say a bunch of things about the gift of prophecy. And who it's for. And, and I really believe the answer to that question will surprise you. So today we're going to be camping out in 1 Corinthians 14. So if you have a digital device, you can head there. We're going to have some of the uh, Bible verses up on the screens. But the first thing, and this is in your notes, the first thing, who is prophecy for? Prophecy is for believers. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Prophecy is for believers. We find this in 1 Corinthians 14, 3 and 4. Now, before I get there, I want to talk about, for those of you that know the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13 is called the what? The love chapter, right? Talks all about love. So Paul is coming off of discussing love and how love is awesome and love is great and love is what's going to carry everything into eternity. And then he says this, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. I I bet you didn't know that that was a good working definition of what prophecy is. I'm going to read that again. Prophecy is for to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So evidently, Paul thought this was kind of an important thing to discuss because he's discussing all kinds of things in 1 Corinthians, all kind of miracles and manifestations of the Spirit and all these different things. But he boils it down here, and he says, the one who prophesies strengthens, encourages, and comforts the church, which is the assembly, which is us, which is the body of believers. We edify each other when we prophesy. Once again, I don't want you to get hung up on the word prophesy. I'm not talking about an Old Testament prophet. And if you say something, then you're going to get stoned if it doesn't come to be true. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this gift that God uses in our lives. So some guidelines for prophecy is SEC, S-E-C. And I want you to remember this by remembering this statement right now. I'll prophesy in a SEC. I'll prophesy in a sec. So what does SEC mean? What does sec mean? It means strengthen others. It means 
encourage others, and it means comfort others. That's what SEC means. Just right out of the Bible, what Paul was telling us, prophecy, prophesying is used for. So do you see what's missing on this list? We have strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. So what's missing on that list? Confronting others is missing on that list. Scaring others is missing on that list. And freaking people out is missing on that list. All right? That's what's missing on that list. So at the end of the day, prophecy is for believers. Now, I have a little story. I'm not going to belabor the point too much, but this was early on in Bob Fick's walk with Jesus. Gene and I got saved around 93, and we started going to a church here in town, Central Assembly, and we were a part of that fellowship for many, many years. And in the first couple years, man, everything was new, right? For those of you that have walked with God or walked with Jesus for any length of time, you know those first few years. Everything's new. Everything's exciting. And things still are, but it was a different season that God was moving you through, right? And I experienced that. It was awesome. I was a part of drama. I was a, a drama geek. I'd never, never been a drama geek before, but man, when God got a hold of me and started getting involved at Central and they had a drama department, I'm like, I can do that. So I did that. And there was this one drama just a couple years into our walk with Jesus, and I played King David. And it was a great drama. I really loved it. And, and I have a VHS tape of it. <laughs> I need to break that sucker out and watch that, man. It was fun. But there was a scene in there where David, and in the Old Testament, David gets anointed by Samuel. So there was a scene in there, and we depicted that. And I was David, and I was going to kneel down, and this, this guy, Bud Knutson, an older gentleman, seasoned in the faith, been walking with Jesus for many, many years. He was Samuel. I felt kind of cool that, that Bud was going to be Samuel. He's, we were going to do the anointing. And it was kind of tricky, you know, if you know anything about drama, because I had several scenes after that, so he couldn't just, like, pour it all over my forehead, right? So he had to pour it down the back of my head, and it was, I'd probably tell him too much information. It was seriously uncomfortable when I had all that oil going down my back. (laughs) But the point of the story is, is we were in one of the practices, and it was right before one of the the first drama that we were going to do, the first night, opening night. And Bud comes up to me, and we used to pray together as a group before we go out and practice and stuff, and Bud comes up to me and goes, Bob, I want you to know that um, God spoke to me. And I'm like, okay, wide-eyed Bob Fick, walking with God for a couple years. What is is God saying? And he said, you know, when we do this anointing scene, um, it's not just going to be for the drama. God's telling me that there's a call on your life and that he's going to use you And it's going to be a real anointing. And so this isn't just for the drama. This is for you. And God wants you to know that so that you can chase after him. And you can love the way he loves. And you can love people and comfort people. And he went on and said some more things. And I walked away and I was like, wow. That was, I don't know, 23, 24 years ago and I'm still talking about it today. And that... That moment has impacted my life time and time and time again when I was discouraged, 
when I didn't know what God was leading or what God was doing, I'd think back to that moment when Bud anointed me with oil in a silly little drama, but that really impacted my life. What did Bud do? Sorry, I didn't, didn't know I was going to go back. He strengthened me. Bud encouraged me. Bud comforted me. That's what Bud did. That's what we're talking about. Prophecy is for believers, and God will use you if you allow him to in the very same way. Prophecy is for strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Number two, prophecy is for unbelievers. Prophecy is for unbelievers. That's what we saw Peter do. Get up and he preached the message to unbelievers who then became believers. So what do we see Paul talking about in 1 Corinthians 14? Moving on to verse 24 and 25, we see this. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and brought under judgment by all. Now, I want to stop here just for a second. There's more that I want to read, but that's not judged by us. We welcome anybody to come in here to connect. We exist for people that don't know Jesus to come in here and experience God's love and God's forgiveness. What he's talking about here is that the Holy Spirit is convicting them of sin. And so as they come in and as they hear a word of the Lord, that they will be convicted of sin and then they will turn their hearts towards Jesus. That's what he's talking about here. How many times have you, maybe you've said this yourself, you've gone to a service, you were struggling with something, and the preacher or the teacher said exactly what you needed to hear that day. You're like, were you reading my mail? What's going on here? No, this is what I'm talking about. Now, not necessarily that you're an unbeliever, but this is how God works. He has a word that's gonna go forth and it's gonna convict people or encourage people. And that's what we're talking about here. An unbeliever or an inquirer. As the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. I remember experiencing that before I got to know who Jesus was in my life. We used to watch the 700th Club. (laughs) Pat Robertson, back in the day, man, going back 25, however many years. And I can remember listening to him and being convicted of sin and then going to church and being convicted. It was an amazing time in our lives. That's what this is talking about. That's what Paul's talking about here in 1 Corinthians 14. Prophecy is for unbelievers. And this is what we saw, like I may mention in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost with Peter. And I really believe this is why Paul challenges us to desire prophecy above all else. When people understand that God knows them and God cares for them, and he's speaking to them, and God sees them, man, that changes everything, doesn't it? I know it changed for me in my life when I knew that God cared for me, and he saw me, and he loved me. Now, we've seen prophecy in the life of the believer, and I've talked about prophecy in the life of the unbeliever. They were the recipients of of this prophecy. Now let's see who can be the giver of the prophecy. This one might surprise you as well. Number three in your notes, prophecy is for everyone. It really truly is. 
prophecy is for you, Will. Joey, prophecy is for you. Emily, prophecy is for you. It's for each one of us. I could name all of our names. Prophecy is for each one of us. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, we're going to back up and we're going to see this. Remember I talked about we're coming out at the end of the love chapter, right? And here is what we see Paul say. Paul says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Desire the gifts of the Spirit, but especially prophecy. I want to make mention that God, or Paul wouldn't tell us to eagerly desire something that God was unwilling to give. He wants to speak through you. He truly does. So what Paul is saying here is that prophecy is for everyone. You can prophesy. And remember, the definition that we have is just telling the truth, telling what God is speaking to you. To do what? To strengthen to encourage and to comfort whom? The church, which is each one of us. Sometimes we see that happen on the platform when God wants to encourage each one of us. And this happened here at Connect before. Somebody we call a word of knowledge. Somebody had a word and wanted to share. Gene just did it about a month and a half ago or so. And I know several of us have done it over the years. Telling the truth, telling what you hear, God's speaking to you. What's God revealing to you? Russ told a story uh, during our teaching prep time that last week he was in a staff meeting with a bunch of the staff down there at Bozeman. And after the staff meeting, one of the, one of the staff came up and said, Russ, do you have a word for me? I caught Russ totally off guard, right? I mean, we're talking about a staff meeting Now, they pray in the staff meeting and stuff, but it's kind of out of context. It didn't happen at the end of a dynamic worship time or or spending a lot of time in prayer. And so Russ was kind of caught off guard. But Russ shared three words that came to his mind right when that individual asked Russ that. And the three words were, stay the course. Stay the course. Now, This staff member had been going through a difficult time, been challenged in a few areas of their life. And Russ knew this, but that was the three words that came right right off his head. That was prophecy. That was used, that word, those three words were used to strengthen, encourage, and comfort that person. And then they went into a little bit more of a discussion. But that's it. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort one another. You know, I was talking with Will earlier today, and and sometimes we speak prophetically and we don't even know it. I know many people, even on a Sunday, I'll get in a discussion with somebody, and I'll say a, a, a word of encouragement to them, something I just kind of feel God has for that person. Or it's happened to me. Somebody would really encourage me or strengthen me or comfort me. It just happened last week, actually. So today, I I guess for us, as we move forward, we we have some time left, but I want to encourage each one of us to be open-minded of the possibility that God would choose to use you, that the Holy Spirit would, would manifest and use you to encourage another person. Remember, 
prophecy is for everyone. So the next question that I have for each one of us is how do I begin? Well, I think the first thing we need to do is to believe that God really wants to use you to encourage someone else. God really wants to use you to encourage and comfort and strengthen someone else. And the other thing that I have is we need to practice listening to God. You know, it's really a spiritual discipline, listening to God. I know a lot of times we think prayer and we think journaling and we think reading our Bibles, you know, every day, doing devotions. That's all spiritual disciplines. And that's true. There's a great book by Richard Foster that came out, I think, in the late 70s. And it's called Spiritual Disciplines, The Life of Spiritual Disciplines. And he talks about all those things, but something else is listening to God. And to go with that is journaling. Write it down. If you hear God speaking to you, write it down. I know a lot of times I take notes, and we just had a worship and prayer night on Thursday. And Christy was sharing some stuff, and and we were worshiping, and it was a great time. She was sharing in between the songs. And I was on my phone the whole time. I wasn't Facebooking. I was taking notes. I open up my note in my phone, and it's just so handy for me to have it in my hand and type as she's talking because she shared some wonderful things with us, some great Bible verses. And then I thought of some things, and so I just started writing some stuff down. That's, that's journaling, and that's what, what I was doing is I was journaling what I was hearing God speak to me. Now, I didn't have a word for anybody else, but I had what I felt God was speaking to me that night, And so practice listening, journal what you hear, and then use the SEC guide. Remember, I'll prophesy in a sec. If you hear something, you filter it. Make sure it's strengthening and encouraging and comforting, especially if it's for somebody else. Strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. And then the last thing I want to share is, is just practice sharing and, and be humble about it. You know, I, there's, there's a good phrase here that I think each one of us should, should have as a phrase we use. You know, it, it goes something like this. I've been practicing hearing God speak, and would it be okay for me to share what, what I think I hear God speaking to you? You know, that does a couple things. As the recipient, if I hear that, that kind of opens me up to, to listen to what God has for me. Kind of, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and for you as being the person that maybe has gotten a word from the Lord that you want to share with somebody, it kind of just cancels out the defenses and everything, and it, it's just a humble attitude that you come to that other person and say, hey, man, I think I got something that God wants me to share with you. And remember, I said that this is a discipline that we practice. You know, once in a while, we might get it wrong. And that's okay. It's all right. Because I think as we practice listening to God speak to us and then sharing that with people, we'll be more tuned in to what he's saying time and time again as we practice listening to God and sharing what we're hearing. You know, I remember years ago uh, when we first got saved and first started following Jesus, you know, sometimes people would share 
but they would, they would get all King James on us. Thus saith the Lord, the word for the body of believers. You know, and, and they meant well. You know, I know I'm kind of mocking a little bit. They meant well, and they had some really good words. But you know what? Thus saith the Lord, that is a King James, and that comes from the authoritative position of God. But I know that when I share a word with somebody, I don't want to just come from the authoritative position from God. I just want to come as a believer that wants to strengthen, encourage, comfort, and love somebody and say, hey, man, I'm coming humbly. I I just think I, I hear God has this word for you, and I just want to share it with you. See the difference in the atmosphere that that creates? It creates a growing, healthy atmosphere when we take that stance of just being humble. So what we're going to do now is we're going to spend just a few moments. I, I told the band that I didn't want them to come up yet, that I, I wanted them to be a part of what we're going to do here for the next few minutes. I'm going to ask Gina to come up in a second, but I just have a, a couple guidelines. Remember in biology and chem- chemistry class that when you would study out of the textbook, what would you do next? You'd do like a lab, right? You'd go and do what you just learned, right? So... We're going to spend a few moments listening to God here today. And we're going to see maybe if God wants to speak something to you for somebody else here in this room. (gasps) There has been a collective gasp in the room, I know. Before we do that, I, I just want to read what Jesus, the words of Jesus. Luke 11 says this, You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, Do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In other words, what I'm saying is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. All we're going to do is just listen to see if God speaks to us. That's all we're going to do. Don't be afraid. Now, if you're new to all this, you might be a little freaked out. You don't have to participate. You can just sit here and just just enjoy the music. We're going to play some music. Just enjoy the music. But here's something I would suggest. Just, Just kind of watch and listen, and you might be surprised by what you observe here today. And then if you're not a Christian, if you're not following Jesus right now, maybe you're one of those inquirers. Maybe you're just a seeker here today. That's cool. I welcome you. Thank you so much for choosing Connect today. But let me suggest this, that, you know, there's a reason why you're here in 30 below weather to connect church on a Sunday. There's a reason why each one of us is here today. So would you give God a chance? Just take a few minutes and listen and see if maybe you don't hear something spoken to you in some fashion today. So I'm going to ask Jean to come forward. She's going to have her notes, and she's going to kind of step us through what this is going to look like. Good morning. Can you hear me? No, yes? Okay. All right. We're just going to start off um, with prayer, right? Because if we want to hear from the Lord, we need to ask him. So I'm just going to go ahead and pray first. Um, Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are here with us. And Holy Spirit, I know that you want to speak through us and use us to 
um, strengthen and encourage and comfort others around us, Lord, to just show your love. And so now I ask that you just be with us. Um, help us to see who it is you would want us to deliver a message to, Lord. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Um, so now I just want everybody to just go ahead and look around and um, see if the Lord's going to lay anybody on your heart or maybe you got up this morning thinking about somebody and you have a word for them. So just go ahead and take a couple minutes and do that. Think about who it is that the, that the Lord wants you to speak to. You don't need to know them. You don't need to know anything about them, and I believe the Lord will give you a word of encouragement for them. Holy Spirit, what do you want us to say to that person that you just showed us? What message do you have for them? What word of encouragement do you have for them? Use each one of us, I pray. You were given a note card when you came in the door, um, or there might be one on your seat. I'm going to ask that you just go ahead and take a couple minutes and write down whatever that is that the Lord gave to you. If you don't have one, go ahead and raise your hand and Will will get one to you. Just remember before you write down that you're going to prophesy in a sec. Make sure that it's strengthening, encouraging, comforting. Go ahead and write that down. Give you a couple more minutes to finish writing. The next thing I think is really important is that you put your name on there and today's date.
when we put our name on things, we're taking ownership of those things. Um, not only does it give us an accountability, but it also, um, when, when I know somebody gives me something like that, I like to go back and look at it and say, oh, I remember when they said this to me, you know, and this was encouraging then, it's encouraging now, and I think God uses that, you know, to minister to other people then even, or to go back to that person and say, do you remember when you said this to me? You don't know how many times that spoke to me. So I think it's real important, and it's also important for that accountability also. When I see pens down, then I'll move on. Now, I'm going to give you a few instructions. Um, don't move until I actually tell you to move, though, okay? <laughs> um, we're going to go um, I'm going to give you a few minutes to go to that person that God gave you to write that word of encouragement to um, and share that. You don't have to speak anything to them. I just want you to go and give them that card. If there's other people there, you don't need to wait. Just go ahead and have, hand them a card. Um, Keep in mind, however, that not everyone is going to receive a card, okay? This doesn't mean that God doesn't see you and that he's not speaking to you or um, anything like that. So don't be discouraged if you don't receive one. But I do encourage you to go home and pray and see what the Lord has for you because um, he will speak to you too, you know? He doesn't withhold anything from us, so... Um, so when you, if you're the receiver of a card, I want you to thank that individual who gave it to you. Um, after you've reviewed it, whether it's today or next week or whenever it is, um, I encourage you to, to let that individual know um, if that resonated with you or not. Um, and and if, it, if it did, that's wonderful. And if it didn't, just, you know, thank them anyway. And just everybody, the, the idea here is for everybody to just keep practicing listening to, to the Holy Spirit because he really, really wants to talk through each one of us. Um, so there you go. And if everybody is ready, I'm going to just encourage you to go ahead and give your card to whomever the Holy Spirit laid on your heart. I just want to thank everybody for listening to God, listening to the Holy Spirit, and then being used to encourage, to strengthen and comfort somebody else. Man, as... You know, we call the body of believers a family. And it just doesn't have to be the family of Connect. It's the family of the, the church. And so when we come and we encourage and strengthen and comfort one another, man, it's a powerful dynamic. We let God speak through us. We let the Holy Spirit minister to the body of believers. And that's what we experienced here today. So it wasn't weird, right? I mean, a lot of times we hear prophecy, we think of weird stuff. It's not weird. It really isn't. It's how God uses us as fellow believers to encourage and strengthen one another. All right, the next thing I want to do is something that we call next steps. It's on your notes. There's four check marks to check. The first thing is, is we like to do some action steps here around Connect. So you sit for about a half hour, 40 minutes, and you hear a teaching, and then, you know, a lot of times it makes us feel good, and we walk out, and Monday morning we kind of forget a little bit about what was going on. But in the moment here, we want 
you to, to put an action to the things that you've learned. So the first check mark there is I'm going to practice listening to God. Maybe that's you today. Maybe, you know, man, I just, I need to practice listening more. I do a lot of praying, but I, I don't do a lot of listening. And so maybe that's the takeaway for you today. I'm going to practice listening. Or maybe number two is you. I'm going to practice sharing what God has been revealing to me. I'm going to share what God's been revealing to me. You know, for each one of us, we're at a different point in our walk with Jesus. And so maybe if this is new to you, but this is something that interests you, maybe you want to practice this. Well, what I would suggest is find somebody a little bit further along in the faith, a little more mature in the faith than you are, and bounce it off of those individuals. Maybe it's one or two. Say, hey, you know, I th- I've been hearing God say this. Does that resonate with you? What's, what do you think? So that's how we grow in this practice of listening to God and, and then sharing what he's revealing to us in our lives. And then number three is I'm going to prophesy in a sec. Man, I love that. That's my takeaway today. I'm going to make sure I prophesy in a second. I'm going to make sure that I listen to God and I strengthen and encourage and comfort those that maybe I feel God is wanting me to do that too. And then the last one, and we talk about this every week, is I'm going to f- begin following Jesus today. Maybe that's you. You know, I talked a little bit before. Maybe there is somebody here that hasn't been following Jesus. And what I'm going to suggest to you is come up and see me after we're done. And I, man, it would be an honor for me to pray with you. I would love to have the, have the opportunity to pray with you, to have Jesus be a part of your life and build this, start this relationship with Jesus. It's dynamic. Let's go ahead and bow in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for this time we've set aside today just to listen to what you have to speak to and through us. Lord, I pray for each one that whatever check mark they've checked, that you would develop that in their lives this week. And God, if it's the the check mark to begin following Jesus today, Lord, I pray that you would just give them a boldness to to step up and come see me after our time together so I might have the opportunity to to pray with them and to encourage them and set them on this, this journey following you. Man, what an exciting time that is. And so I just thank you for each one of us here today. Be with us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.